Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. International News Review. International News Review with Steve Oaken. Steve, uh, we just came out of the Iowa caucus in the U.S. presidential race. Things are finally really starting to heat up. We head into New Hampshire this coming week. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about what just happened uh, in in Iowa and, and where the candidates are at, and now where we're where we think we're headed going into New Hampshire. Two key takeaways from Iowa. First, the Democratic Party is still split between the liberals and the moderates, although the moderates collectively won Iowa. So that is important to keep in mind because this is going to be a race between one moderate and one liberal at the end of the day. And second, Sanders and and Buttigieg clear winners out of Iowa. And it sets up New Hampshire as almost do or die for Joe Biden and Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren. So it is it's why you see the rhetoric really ramping up and the Democrats taking one another on uh, this time. Steve, give us 30 seconds real quick for those who may not be familiar with why these primary contests are so important. Well, first, you have to get enough delegates in the primary system to be nominated at the Democratic National Convention in July. So this is actually awarding you delegates. But more importantly, the early states are where you can show your viability. It's where you can keep raising money. It's where you can get campaign staff to come work for you. It's where you get media time. So if you don't do well early, you are going to fall away. And if you build up momentum, you're going to really go uh, into Super Tuesday. And when a lot of the delegates are at stake with being well positioned to get the nomination. And in that Iowa caucus, we saw Uh, Pete Buttigieg come up with 13 delegates, about 26% of the vote. Bernie was uh, 12 12 delegates, just one less, 26%, and then Elizabeth, eight, and Joe Biden, six. Was that six delegates a surprise for Joe Biden? We we were thinking he might do a little bit better than that. He he should have done better. He was former vice president. This is his third time running. Because he spent time uh, canvassing there as well, right? Whereas I think Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders were back in the Senate with the impeachment hearing. In the lead up in, but in terms of the, uh, you know, in terms of the resources on the ground, all four of them put in a lot. And it was disappointing for Joe Biden. If you are running for president, you want disappointing next to your name in a headline. And he got it. And so he now really has to do well in New Hampshire. And if he comes in fourth again, and maybe even fifth to Amy Klobuchar, I don't see how he's going to make it beyond New Hampshire. Uh, in a in a viable way. And now, of course, you mentioned Elizabeth Warren has to do well. You know, New Hampshire, her home, her home turf. And if Pete does well, I mean, you know, run some scenarios for us. Let's say if Pete and Elizabeth Warren do well, I, I would think. I think Bernie's probably going to do pretty well, though, right? Because the, the Northeast, and that's where he's from. He, he, he would likely do well, wouldn't he? Well, you got you got to think of it as is two primaries simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It's the it's Sanders versus Warren, and so how do they do against one another versus Biden, Buttigieg, and Klobuchar, and with Bloomberg out there uh, coming up as well. So if Sanders really beats Warren again. I don't see how Warren is going to be viable against mm. Sanders much further down the road. If Warren can beat Sanders or can come really close, then that contest is going to continue to go on. Okay. On the moderate side, boy, if Buttigieg can really blow out 
New Hampshire and Klobuchar and Biden don't do well, then all of a sudden Buttigieg is going to be sitting very pretty. But remember, you got Mayor Mike Bloomberg and his billions and billions of dollars waiting for him when we hit the big states in March. Mm-mm. Now, um, how is the president playing all of this? Because he has been weighing in uh, off and on. Of course, he's had his own issues to deal with in the past couple of weeks. But what element, what sort of importance will he or won't he play in these primary contests? Well, what he's trying to do in the primary contest is to support Bernie because he believes that a self-described democratic socialist is the best candidate for him to run against and his most likely chance to re-election. So you look at the president's tweets and it's how unfairly the Democrats are treating Bernie and how the system is rigged against Bernie. And so President Trump sees that Biden was his strongest challenger. It's why we just went through all of the impeachment in Ukraine and continue to go through that. And then at the same time, he's trying to help out Bernie by angering the Bernie supporters. And if you think about it, the, the Make America Great Again people on the right are very similar to the Bernie people on the left, the Bernie bros, right? They're all angry at the system. They have that much in common. And we'll see if that anger can keep Bernie going all the way to the convention. Do we have any more clarity on what the what the absolute top one, two, and three Democratic issues will be going into uh, an election against Donald Trump. Health care. Health care is going to be number one for the Democrats. And it is why the Democrats were so angry. And maybe the reason Nancy Pelosi ripped up the president's speech at the State of the Union after he snubbed her, because the president claimed that he was protecting Americans to keep insurance, even if they had pre-existing <laughs> conditions. The Trump administration has been fighting Obamacare. They are in court arguing against Obamacare. But Donald Trump recognizes that health care is a critical issue in this election, either number one or number two with the economy. And so he's trying to take the Democrats' best argument away, which is that Donald Trump and the Republicans are going to hurt your ability to get health care, especially if you have a pre-existing condition. Steve, let's look at uh, at the business community. And uh, for those of uh, our listeners who may not be familiar with where these uh, individuals might stand on business, let's assume uh, would be the most business-friendly of the Democratic candidates uh, should they make it through the the, the uh, uh, process to run against Donald Trump? Uh, presumably any of the moderates would be more business friendly than Bernie Sanders, who wants to nationalize health care, or Elizabeth Warren, who also has a lot of taxes on her uh, plate to implement if she were to be elected, presuming those could get through the Congress. Um, and that's a big presumption. A huge presumption. <laughs> and and you're, now you're going to make me put my Democratic hat on. And it's always, oh, the Republicans are good for business and the Democrats are bad. In the first three years of their presidency, the stock market went up more under Bill Clinton and more under Barack Obama than it did under Donald Trump. For all three, it went up in the you know roughly 50 percent or so, the Dow, in their first three years in office. So I think if a moderate can get the nomination, you aren't going to see much difference from the business community 
But if it's Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, it is going to be a tough call for Wall Street to weigh in with the Democrats. Yeah. How about on the international side for international business, uh, whether you're um, a multinational U.S. company doing business overseas or whether you're a Singaporean company with interests in North America? Is there a clear favorite among those candidates right now for the international business community? Well, I'll say Democrats and Republicans disagree on everything when it comes to health care, when it comes to immigration, when it comes to gun control, when it comes to reproductive rights. The one thing they agree on is China, right? And it is that we as the United States need to be much more uh, confrontational and competitive with China. So I don't care who wins. I don't see the tariffs coming down, be it any of the Democrats or uh, Trump, uh, uh, than, than you have now. Now, the Democrats will be more globalist than Trump, any of them. They will go and work with allies. They will be more supportive of NATO. They will be more supportive of a multilateral approach to trade, both in the WTO Mm. and in things like the TPP. Not that the TPP is going to happen immediately if a Democrat wins of of the moderate range. So all of the Democrats will be more globalist and international than Trump has been from a multilateral perspective. But China policy is not going to get much difference no matter who wins. Yeah. What's your prediction for next week for uh, the uh, New Hampshire caucus? Well, I'll tell you, I I think it's likely to be Sanders and Buttigieg 1-2. And then the real question is, how how does Biden do? And is Biden going to be viable coming out of New Hampshire? Boy, you you watched the debate that just happened, and he started by saying, I'm probably going to lose New Hampshire. I mean, that's not the way you start uh, a, a debate. And Klobuchar had a great debate, the senator from Minnesota. The problem is Mm. she always has a great debate and it never translates to votes. So the thing to watch is who comes in second between Biden and Klobuchar. And I think that's going to be too close to call right now. And that's what I'm really going to watch. Steve Oaken, Senior Advisor, McClarty Associates. Thank you so much for another interesting edition of our International News Review. Thanks, GVZ. (laughs) To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.